0: Welcome to Business Resilience Decoded, from Disaster Recovery Journal and its fall Business Resilience. Now, here's your host, Vanessa Vaughn. Welcome to Business Resilience Decoded. I am your host, Vanessa Vaughn, the founder and chief resilience officer of Asfalis Advisors. We have an accomplished guest lined up for you today, speaking on the topic of ethics and cybersecurity. Let's jump right in and meet our guest, Dr. Gwendolyn White, the teaching professor of Xavier University. Gwendolyn, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you. Can you tell our listeners more about you and how you got into the world of
1: cybersecurity? Well, I I can go all the way back to high school. I've been on the world for a little bit of time here. And so in high school, I've always liked computers. And so we used to have a room where we would go in and we learned how to program on deck writers. (laughs) And we wasted so much paper. But that's kind of how I got my start in computers. And I always did it as a part-time side business. And so for... Gosh, since the 1980s all the way up until now, I've always had a a love for computers and I've always done something entrepreneurially based with them. And what would happen is I would build computers, I did networking, um, I repaired them, everything. I had my own line of computers for a while. And what would happen is when you have a computer out there, you have to also secure it. And so that's where the cybersecurity aspect came from. Every time I put a computer out, it was my brand that was on the line, mm-hmm. and so, you know, besides just the regular virus protection or stopping a Trojan horse, I also had to um, make sure that the customer understood what they needed to do to help protect their systems and. Over, oh gosh, at least 25 years of doing that kind of led me into becoming a professor and also becoming a professor using cybersecurity before this even became a popular thing lately with all the different hacks and um, breaches that have happened back when I was doing it. They were minimal, but they were still important because they were very significant when they did happen. And so all those things all together kind of have me to the point where I got a doctorate in information technology technology. So in theory, I'm a papered nerd. <laughs> 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 wow,
0: well, you've had a, a very interesting background and definitely mixed with education and entrepreneurship. So you have a lot that you bring to, to the table. Let's talk a little bit about how cybersecurity intersects with ethics. Can you shine some light on that?
1: Well, if you think about it, all the headlines lately have been talking about How companies have been breached or somebody came through the back door, even internal problems. You have employees, you trust the fact that your employee, when you hire them, they're going to do the right thing for the rest of their career. At least that's what you hope. But we all know that sometimes life gets in the way of various influences can happen. And what happens is a lot of times people change. Sometimes companies change. A company might start off let's say Enron is a perfect example. They, even though it's not necessarily cybersecurity, but the point is, Enron started off as a great company, but somewhere along the line or somewhere along the way, something was affected, and they changed how they did their business practices. So what happens with cybersecurity? The whole goal is to protect your systems and you need honest people that you can trust. You have to hope that people do the right thing when you're not looking, and that's kind of how ethics and cybersecurity go together because you want to make sure that your policies, the people, um, your projection, everything that you do is ethical and it's correct, and also dealing with cybersecurity, you're protecting all of your systems because all it takes is one policy or one disgruntled employee to just have everything just go down the tubes instantly, like overnight.
0: Wow, so really it sounds like it boils down to your morals. Yes, it does. So, thinking about that, how do you measure an organization's moral compass?
1: That's a hard one. Um, (laughs) The problem is similar to that personal moral compass that you have. And for a company, though each one's going to be a little bit different. It's going to depend on their industry, but in general, you can measure it based on your policies, um, procedures. What are the core values of the company? Mm-hmm. You know, usually those core values are things like integrity, fairness, kindness, responsibility. You know, the normal gamut, and then they might have specific things that the organization has to do because of their actual product Mm -hmm. or maybe their actual service. So that's where it differentiates. But some of the things I have, like, is the organization acting like a role model? Are there ethical expectations explained to an employee? Are the employees trained to be ethical? Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times you go into a business and you don't see anything that talks about ethics. And sometimes they might not have anything about ethics. Um, I took a trip to Paris about two or three years ago with the university, and our whole um, trip was based on ethics. We went to L'Oreal. We even went to BP. BP has cleaned up their act. Mm -hmm. You know, they are now becoming one of the more ethical companies in the world. In um, Cincinnati, where I live, U.S. Bank has always been one of the um, top ethical banks that's in in the United States, and they, they advertise it. And so the thing is, are the ethical standards written? Are they displayed? Are there safe spaces for employees to talk about it? Because if you don't feel comfortable and you're trying to do the right thing, but you're getting beat up by somebody else who says, no, don't do it that way, who do you go to to talk to about it? And then also, are there ethical successes? Are they shared? Do people really know that you're ethical? Um, That's kind of like ways that you can measure it. But like I said, for each measurement is going to be different. But these are some of the questions that I will be asking during my um, presentation Companies can think about it because some companies might say, Oh my gosh, we don't do any of that. And it mm-hmm. might trigger that point for them. But the other thing, it can be seen, another measurement is do the employees buy into it? Mm-hmm. Are they happy? Um, what's the public perception? Do they think you're ethical? Because that's half the battle. Um, is there transparency if something goes wrong with the company? Do you wait six months until, like, these um, breaches? Do you wait six months or do you say it immediately? And then you can actually be certified to be ethical or show fair trade, and then do your customers think about it that way?
0: Wow, so that's uh, quite a bit of information and a lot of good questions to ask. And so for our listeners who are out there, I actually have the pleasure of sitting in front of Dr. White right now. She is speaking at the DRJ 2019 conference. And do you want to share a little bit more about the presentation that you just spoke about?
1: Well, the presentation that I'm doing is basically cybersecurity and what is your company's moral compass. The goal is to take those two items and put them together look at your company's um, ethical policies, how do they relate to your employees, and how do they also relate to your policy set for information technology, for cybersecurity, because you want to make sure that you're protecting your company, but you also want to make sure that the employees that you have that are supposed to protect your company, still have your company's best interest in mind.
0: Awesome. So, you talked about business, you talked about employees. Can you shine some light on how you bridge your entrepreneurial background and your business experience in the classroom and how you work with your students? The
1: stories, the stories, the <laughs> stories. Real world. Yes. Um, one of the things, most, I came from a two year college background. So, I taught at a community college for over 15 years, and everything we did was hands on. And so I'm taking that to the four-year college trying to change how four-year colleges, instead of just putting you out there with no experience, I'm trying to get the students to have more experience in relation to, okay, we're training you to be a manager, but a manager needs to know what everybody else does. And so we're giving them that hands-on experience. And so everything that I've done, I set up little labs for them to go in and totally destroy computers, and that's okay, because they need to understand how it works. Um, I have a lot of um, case studies that I use with students. I'll tell them, you know, here's a situation, what would you have done? And so I use some of those background things that I've had happen to me in the past, and I share it with them because they're situations they might run into. And so to actually have somebody who's been there is real important to the students. And they always ask, hey, tell me another story. I want to hear something, you know, interesting. And I'll tell them some of the stories about what people have done that they just don't believe actually happens. Unlike wait till you get out there, you're going to have your own set of stories when you get to a certain point. But it's just the experiences works for them. So I did a little digging on
0: you and found that one of the topics that you've spoken about is women in computing. So can you share a little bit more about that with our listeners?
1: Well, as a woman in computing. It's it's something that we're trying to get more women to be involved in STEM. I guess women technically have been afraid of STEM, and so there aren't as many women in. Computers, data analytics, uh, hardware, software. And one of the things was I wrote it was a chapter that I have in a book that we just talk about the history of women and how they've actually contributed to IT. But also, we want to um, make sure they understand that they belong there. Mm-hmm. And so, when I write different articles or I talk about women in computing, I try to break it down to where it's going to be something that's basically real straightforward. It's not as hard as you think. You just have to get out there and do it and just how to prepare themselves. Awesome. So
0: I know as a doctor, you probably have quite a few Mm -hmm. answers to my next question, but do you have any published materials? A lot.
1: I'm getting there. Well, I'm, I'm kind of a newly minted PhD, but I've always had that background, and so... Right now, I'm about, what, 10 articles deep. And most of my articles that I've written have been around ethics, um, big data, or starting into more into cybersecurity. So a lot of my publications, you just have to Google Dr. Gwen White or Gwen White PhD to find most of those because they're not like necessarily, um, they're in different journals. And so you would have to just Google my name to actually find the topic. And then, like I said, the one book was Women in Computing. That was a textbook. And then I also um, just finished the book, or actually became part of a book with um, some of my other colleagues, which was Responsible Analytics and Data Mining in Education. And so I did a um, chapter on ethics and data mining. But ethics seems to be my strong suit, and I'm just learning, or actually not learning, but I'm also finding ways to apply it to different forms of technology because there are rules out there, but when it comes to like data analytics, they're still writing the rules. They just take some of the existing ones and kind of reformat them, but the goal is to make them more specific. And so that's why I'm doing these articles to try to make it more specific.
0: Awesome. So outside of Googling you, what other ways can our listeners find you?
1: Well, you can actually go to Gwen at GwenWhite.com. That's my email address. I'm still working on my site where I'm putting all the articles and that's at GwenWhite.com. Awesome. Awesome. Well, folks,
0: there you have it. Thanks for tuning in to Business Resilience Decoded with the Disaster Recovery Journal and Asfalis Advisors. We have two actions for you. Subscribe and share. And look out for future episodes. Business Resilience Decoded is produced and edited by John Seals. For more information, visit drj.com decoded and asfalisadvisors.com decoded. Write to us on Twitter at BRDecoded.